Today in the Attorney Career Advice Podcast with Harrison Barnes. Anybody that applies to a lot of places always gets a job, even in the worst economy. The job of being an attorney is not to sit there and, and count your pennies. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to make money. But if that becomes your prime motivating factor, uh, then you're actually in trouble. One of the other things that I don't like is that when this happens, uh, the law firms will have a lot, very little tolerance uh, for on-the-job learning and mentoring of junior associates uh, when they're paying very high salaries. So, you know, it's important to understand that if you're a new associate in a firm, uh, most associates really aren't competent to uh, do deals or fully represent a client until, you know, they have several years of experience. It could be, you know, in, in the corporate realm. I mean, it takes at least two or three years to know your way around. And depending on uh, how much work you get. And uh, so law firms often will write off a lot of hours of a junior associate uh, because they're they're learning on the job and, and not necessarily as efficient as they should be with their time. I mean, they don't like to and they some firms don't, but um, a lot of them do. And But what happens when the salaries of these junior associates rise, the law firms will have a lot less tolerance for uh, learning on the job, a lot more impatience. And they expect junior associates to get up to speed very, very quickly. And they realize how much money they're paying them. And uh, because they're paying them so much money, uh, often the reviews will become much harsher, especially when things slow down. And then the law firms will start expecting even more hours out of their associates uh, to make them uh, profitable. And junior associates, whether it's direct or indirect, uh, start getting the message that they have to start billing even more extreme hours than they were before. And no to stay employed. Uh, and a lot of attorneys learn very early in their careers that quality of the reviews are more important, uh, are often uh, related not to the quality of the work, but how many hours. And so, you know, again, this is, you know, not really that uh, important, but the junior, what the, the amount of money that a junior associate's paid um, really is not something where the law firm usually is going to make a lot of money. Uh, most law firms start making money off you uh, if you're an associate when you're a mid-level associate. And what's crazy about it is uh, because you're joining a, a firm, you know, as a junior associate, most law firms, you know, most people leave uh, when they're a mid-level and uh, and they're almost the law firms are a lot of times, uh, you know, wasting their money. And there are firms out there that, that don't like this game and only hire laterally because um, most of the people that the law firm's training as a junior associate are going to leave. So law firms um, realize that and they put a lot of uh, pressure on them uh, early in their careers. And a lot of times, uh, because they're they don't feel welcome, they don't feel tolerated. Uh, they don't feel like they're uh, they, they feel like they're expected to work a lot of hours. The law firm's not a lot of the partners may not be that nice to them because the law firm feels they're going to leave. They don't know if they're loyal or not uh, because most people end up leaving by the time they're mid levels, and so this creates a lot of pressure uh, for the law firms, and it creates a lot of pressure for the junior associates because it gives them a profound uh, you know distaste for the practice of law, which many people have. And it becomes more of an endurance game uh, where people are expected uh, to give it their all to justify their existence. And there's um, a lot of pressure on them. And and again, um, you know, it's, this is it kind of talks about how, how difficult it can be uh, psychologically uh, to to provide value to the law firm when you when you have this much pressure you know you're expected to bill incredible hours and literally uh you know you might have had a, a better life uh 500 years ago as a serf you know working on a farm because at least you'd go home at night and you know here uh you know you're you're often not allowed to go home i know just to give you 
a sense of it and how demanding uh, this is, the and the ability to stay uh, employed and, and being part of the system that's paying you all this money where you're having these very high expectations. People that have worked and that work in major law firms and uh, really commit to it, I mean, a lot of times, especially the larger the law firm, uh, will often have very significant like health and psychological problems, uh, you know, by their by their mid 40s. I mean, it's just, it's a very difficult job and, and survival becomes very difficult when the law firm putting all this pressure on you uh, related to, you know, justifying your salary, you know, people never get that comfortable. I mean, it's uh, it's very difficult to feel comfortable and ultimately secure in a firm when you know things are going to change. I mean, I'm sure everyone, uh, you know, has had the dream where I used to have them when I was in school about being in a class and not studying for an exam or knowing about the class until the last day or week or something. Um, that's a famous dream. But the other famous dream that people have when when they're woken up, uh, they haven't billed any hours in a few weeks. And so uh, the struggle to bill hours, it creates an atmosphere where there's just not a lot of loyalty on both sides and and people are are, are very nervous. And, um, you know, there's essentially uh, zero assurances. And uh, the higher the salaries go, the more accountable you have to be for your hours and the more the more stress there is uh, in your firm. And, and I make this point uh, every webinar and I'll, I'll make it again. Uh, I know, you know, people that join smaller to mid-sized firms a lot of times out of law school or go there after one or two years end up staying in the practice of law where a lot of people where you're chasing the salaries don't stick with it and probably make less money in the long run, probably have a less satisfying career in the long run than the people um, that are turned away by this. And, you know, when people are leaving, I, I talked to someone yesterday uh, that I hired a recruiter job um, that had been practicing for, I don't know, 25 plus years and, you know, wanting to leave because of all the pressure of the hours and things. So it never goes away. As you get more senior, uh, it's there. And um, and people are, you know, it's a very, very difficult job. And so what happens, the other thing that happens is when salaries start increasing, um, and this may not concern anyone on the call, but um, law schools start enrolling a lot more future attorneys. And, um, and because people will go to law school knowing that there's these incredible salaries waiting for them if they go to a good law school and do well. And, um, and so a lot of people um, enroll in law school for no other reason than they know that they can make a lot of money in the profession um, and graduate into the uh, upper middle class very quickly. A lot of people will um, you know, go to law schools uh, in order to do it. And, um, and even in the bad economies, and if, I mean, if you go to a top 10 law school, the majority of people can get jobs in, in good firms. But at the same time that legal recessions hit, typically what happens is the enrollment has peaked. And so uh, the during uh, slow times, a lot of people don't go to law school. But then uh, when there's recessions, uh, when the, the economy is very good, people start going to law school. And so and then what happens is people will come out of law school. And, you know, again, a top 10 school, if you do okay, um, you can certainly uh, find a position, but at a lot of other schools, um, you can't. And so you kind of come out of school and you graduate into a career that's just hostile and unwelcoming. It's not, it, you know, people are not nice to you looking for a job uh, unless it's a job that you may not want. And it becomes very scary. I mean, people are coming out of school um, and they don't understand why no one's interviewing them, why, why no one's interested in hiring them. Um, they thought they were getting into a career with these high salaries. 
And so what happens is a lot of people that may have come out of a, a top 25 law school and gotten a good job during a good economy will come out and um, and find themselves working uh, as solo practitioners or contract attorneys and, uh, and in jobs they do not enjoy or doing document review and things and, um, and will graduate into becoming second class or third class citizens in a profession that is just not being not welcoming them because um, the opportunities that might have been there when they went into law school aren't there anymore. And the bar becomes higher for getting a job as a summer associate and to getting uh, things. And so people are coming out um, and it's just kind of luck of the draw, but the law firms are letting people go. They have fewer needs for summer associates. And it's just uh, very sad. And, you know, every day I, I meet people that I think would have been very successful had they been in other professions. And it's something uh, really to think about, because if you're in a profession that's not welcoming to you, that that you don't see the opportunity uh, that you can have, uh, I mean, that's scary. You know, I meet people uh, every day that I know would be good salespeople or have really good, good, good musicians or uh, uh, you know, do something and and then go to law school for some reason. Um, and then they come out um, and they emerge on the other side after doing this with with no job or prospects. And um, and and they may have, may have gone to law school for the wrong reasons. They may have gone because they thought the salaries were really high or that it seemed it sounded like an interesting profession and they don't really realize what it is or how hostile uh, the profession can be. I mean, some of these law firms are very difficult to get into. And um, they will, uh, you know, they're not nice. Uh, and, you know, it, it doesn't feel nice when the law firm uh, isn't interested in you. And um, and and so just because a, a, a profession looks hot in the eyes of the public um, doesn't mean, um, you know, that it's the right choice for you a lot of time. You know, again, I review resumes all day, every day. Um, I wish I had more time to do it because I, I love it doing it. And um, and I would say that most resumes that I review, not all of them, meaning more than 50%, I think would probably um, have done better channeling their energies into something else than law school a lot of times now. But at the same time, I'm, I'm surprised every day by people. I mean, and by uh, if, if this is something you really want to do and you um, that I've seen some incredible uh, success stories of people that have just done uh, amazing things. I, I interviewed someone yesterday that graduated from law school and couldn't get a job, spent the first 10 years as a solo practitioner, and then incredibly through a recruiter, um, got a position in a uh, AMLAW 50 law firm as a 10th year attorney, and then stayed there for 10 years, then went in house and got another job with the I mean, so some people can really do great things. And, uh, and it's a lot of the it's a lot of your human spirit. Um, but feeling unwelcome by law firms um, is very hard for people. And um, the debt that people take uh, on pursuit of a profession uh, that doesn't want them is staggering. And, you know, you're very welcome when you're going to law school because law schools love your tuition money and uh, banks loan you money. And, you know, it can be um, a very good profession for a lot of people. Do you know the secrets to getting your dream legal job? We do. And one of the best things you can do is apply to jobs that fly under the radar. Applying to openings with very little competition means you stand a much higher chance of getting hired. But how do you find openings like that? For starters, you're not going to find them on major job boards because these jobs are usually only advertised on companies' websites and in small regional publications. That is why we created Law Crossing, the most comprehensive database of legal jobs in the world. We have a team of people constantly working to find every single legal job out there. Unlike other job boards, which only list jobs that companies pay to post, 
We include every legal job we can find in order to maximize your chances of finding a job. So what are you waiting for? Head over to www.lawcrossing.com to find your dream legal job today. You know, one thing I just want to say to everyone, uh, because I know this sounds a little discouraging uh, in terms of coming out of law school and not not being welcome, most attorneys have to apply to a lot of places to get interviews. It's just how it is. Now, if you're in a great practice here and you're like two or three years out or and um, you may find the kind of everything very welcoming but it's difficult I mean you have to uh, because you're you're basically you know when you're when you're looking for a job you, you need to find someone that that's looking for someone exactly like you and and has a need meaning they have the business to, to pay you and um, and so the larger law firms are often very difficult to get into because um, they need to have large clients paying them and then so a lot of, when there's recessions they can slow down um, and so you just need to uh, realize that uh, even though this the profession isn't welcoming uh, I, anybody that applies to a lot of places always gets a job even in the worst economy it's just uh, people don't believe they should have to and it's it's unfortunate that there's that a belief. Um, because it does create a lot of problems. And then because there's so much money uh, that new positions are paying, a lot of people uh, will go to law school for uh, financial reasons um, and not because they have any interest in practicing law. Um, They realize uh, when they're in college, I realized this, that if I did well in college and do well in the LSATs, I could go to a good law school and make a good living. Um, This is what a lot of people do. They just decide um, that it's something they want to do. Now, some people, uh, a lot of them, go to law school not because they want to be in a firm, but because they really want to do something like be a judge or, or things. And, and that's good. But um, a lot of people uh, do enter the practice of law for the wrong reasons. And going to law school for money uh, is really, in my opinion, um, not a smart thing to do. You know, there are attorneys that, that do that. And um, you certainly can uh, earn a very good living uh, as an attorney. But um, in, in reality, um, being a lawyer is really uh, is is a more of an academic type profession. It's a profession where um, your job is to look out for others' interests, and it doesn't matter um, who that person is. It could be an individual, a corporation, or group. But um, it's really your job is to um, help other people, uh, essentially, and 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 have an instinct that you want to help other people, and then hope you get you know as much money as you can uh, for that. But it's really um, to help other people, and the more you do that. The more you're dedicated to that, the more you see the world that way, uh, and you you try to provide value. Typically, the better you'll do, and that's just how it works. I the attorneys that I know that are focused on money and getting the best deal they can from everybody and that sort of thing. Typically, uh, they they're in a universe and they stay there and they they never really rise. The people that go the farthest in this profession are people that um, really take a profound interest in their subject matter and whatever their practice area is. And then um, they're very concerned about helping other people, uh, whoever they are. And people hire them because of, they're like that. And um, and that's what it is. Um, it's not the job of being an attorney is not to sit there and, and count your pennies and, and try to you know make as much money as you possibly can on each employer. Um, the more you're dedicated to others, the better you'll do. I just want to make sure that everyone understands that. And it's just, it's something I've seen uh, forever. Uh, the people that are most interested in their clients, the people that are uh, the most interested in helping others, the people that uh, want to represent people that almost would do it for free uh, if they could, those are the best people in any profession. And uh, the law is one of them. And if you are interested in the practice of law and um, and you have an affinity for it, 
um, you should be interested and uh, concerned with solving the problems of others. You should think about them uh, a lot. You should, you know, not be concerned necessarily with your wealth or your own prestige. Attorneys that are that way uh, typically get into trouble. And I don't want to tell you all the stories, but there's uh, the more you're concerned about how much money you make, your bonuses, your uh, and 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 less concerned with doing a good job uh, with your clients, the the better off um, you know you're going to be if you're able to get on the side of your clients and and what you're doing. And your clients, by the way, when you're a junior associate, are the partners you're working for, and really thinking about what you can do to help them. And and that's just kind of how it is. And so if you're if you're fit for the practice of law, you generally are going to have an interest in taking the side of someone who's your client and doing everything you can uh, to make sure that that client gets the, the most benefit from working with you. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to make money, but if that becomes your prime motivating factor, uh, then you're actually in trouble because uh, it's going to come across to everyone. And um, and you'll start making all your decisions based on that as opposed to helping your clients. And, you know, so you need to be, you know, very careful about making the highest salary you can get and everything, uh, the, the calculus of what you do. I mean, it, it's very dangerous. Um, you know, in the 1950s, uh, people didn't go to law school for financial reasons. Um, they went to law school because the profession appealed to them. Uh, it changed uh, largely due to Cravath that we started kind of institutionalizing and creating a large law firm and uh, and and things. But you know, when money becomes a, a motivating factor for what you're doing, um, you know, you may there's other um, there's other types of professions that might be better suited for you. Uh, and again, I'm not saying that the law you can't make a lot of money because you can and you should if you're fit for it. But um, if that's your reason for it, um, then, you know, law may not be the best fit for you. And because, you know, if, if people are only in the law firm because they're, um, you know, trying to make money and law firms realize that a lot of people will go to them because they pay the highest salaries and things, um, you know, when, if, if law firms are able to attract those sort of people, um, then the law firm knows that in return for the money, the people will work incredible hours. And then if you're working for a law firm, that's also very concerned about money, uh, they'll start cutting people dramatically at the first sign of a downturn and you're kind of treated more like a commodity than uh, something else and um, and that's that's what's um, you know scary so uh, law firms by the way uh, just as they pay high salaries law firms evaluate each other uh, based on uh, how many um, are based on um, the, the salaries of the partners so law firms are also trying to give very high salaries to the partners because their prestige level in the eyes of other attorneys um, and their peer firms is also based on that so so, um, so the partner compensation is a whole other calculus, but um, you know, you're either a cost center or a profit center. You know, and what happens is, is cost centers are cut and profit centers um, are exploited to the maximum they can. I mean, and they they try to make money and. Um, and again, a lot of people like what I do is uh, you know, obviously move partners from different firms with a lot of business from firm to firm. Um, but really, um, the, just so you understand kind of how exploitation works, uh, partners are actually very exploited um, with a lot of business um, because law firms will try to get as much of that profit for themselves. Uh, than the money that they pay the partner. And they'll justify that um, in, in all sorts of ways. They'll pay the partner as little as they can. Um, and often it'll force the partners to leave. Do you want to take back control of your legal career? We have a solution for you. Harrison Barnes, the number one legal recruiter with over 20 years of experience, hosts weekly webinars followed by live Q&A sessions every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. 
These webinars are packed with helpful information that you can use to advance your legal career. Best of all, after each webinar, Harrison stays for as long as needed in order to answer every question. You know, a lot of times a partner uh, will be told and they, they make promises to partners and compensation. And then uh, and then when things slow down, they they renege on them. You know, it's just, um, you know, even with more business sometimes, you know, and so law firms often feel or partners often feel uh, very um, taking advantage of firms. And, um, and and many times there's there's people that will move every couple of years. I mean, literally every four or five years because uh, they'll do well and then the law firm will mess with their compensation. Um, and most large law firms, uh, because of the pressures they're under uh, to maintain their brands in the eyes of the public and law students will pay high salaries and then uh, and then also try to have their partners paid the most. And, um, you know, but uh, I believe if you're concerned about your compensation and that's really where you're at, um, you're going to be really unhappy. I would hope, you know, and I don't know, I know that most people don't do this, but you would want to be in a place where you feel safe and uh, where people have your back and where uh, you're being trained and um, and where there's a runway uh, to succeed in the long run and not necessarily a runway to leave. Uh, you know, those are um, decisions um, that you need to make. I just, I, I see a lot of people um, that make the wrong decisions about this. Um, and then what what happens um, that uh, when people do um, go to these massive firms, a lot of times with, uh, with, with um, very high compensation, they get um, really what I would say a false sense of their worth. Um, you could, might call it like the spoiled rich child syndrome. Um, and it may often take decades for them to overcome. You know, there's a lot of people like that you, you can see, you know, one hit performer, professional athletes or, you know, people that, you know, musicians that had one hit wonders and that sort of thing that are often, um, you know, let down and often spend decades uh, trying to recover from their initial stardom and um, trying to recapture their lost glory and so forth. And, um, and often um, what happens if you take a job at a law firm and you're working in a law firm that pays a lot of money, it may often be the most money you ever make. And it, that actually happens for a lot of attorneys. Their starting salary at a, at a major law firm is more uh, than they'll ever make. And then when they, after they've done that for a few years, and then they try to move to other firms, and if there's not other jobs in large law firms for people like them, um, then they'll often find that their true market value is, is less, is not really the same as it was when they were younger. Um, and then uh, the, it's very uh, taxing them. I and mean, a lot of times they'll feel like they but failed. Um, a lot of times uh, people will, rather than take a lower salary, uh, will take jobs that they don't, you know, that, that they'll leave the practice of law sometimes, um, or, or they'll take jobs, you know, that they don't feel are good. You know, it's it's very common for uh, people in, in a lot of major markets once they see that the the market's not going to be as welcoming to them, or they won't be able to make as much money, uh, they'll drop out of the practice of law after a few after a few years in, in major law firms, and um, and so it it can create a a false need, a false sense of expectations, and um, and people uh, and a belief that. Um, that they, you know, that they, they're entitled to something. And in a lot of cases, uh, you know, what's happening is, uh, you know, the, the getting into law school, getting a position um, and so forth isn't the same as having the, you know, the long-term work ethic and perseverance um, to, to succeed inside a law firm, which is the kind of stuff I teach. And uh, listening to this kind of stuff is very useful. But, you know, but when you come out of law school, you know, um, you really haven't, don't have a lot to offer. Uh, you, you haven't demonstrated that you're loyal. And you know, as a junior associate, you're often not profitable. 
um, you, you're often not committed to practicing law in the long run um, or your practice area. And in a lot of cases, it's your um, first job. So um, what happens is, you know, the market realities will catch up with attorneys. Uh, and, and so they leave and um, they expect um, the market to, to pay them uh, the same amount um, they were making uh, relative to everything working out. And so I have, uh, it was funny, I was looking at a bunch of candidates uh, yesterday and, and today and people that have been laid off from, I mean, there's a lot of firms that have laid off people. And um, some of them were in practice areas like crypto and things. And, you know, it was saying that, you know, they wanted $300,000 minimum, but they've been out of work for two or three months. And, you know, and, and that's a practice area that I don't think is going to be doing well in the long run. So a lot of times, but people still believe that their sense of worth is based on what a law firm uh, may have paid them and that they've uh, maybe may have earned the right to practice at a lot at that level with firms that pay that much you know, they, they um, you know, you may not be in a position to make that much money at a firm uh, or even have a sense of entitlement that comes from having gotten a very good job early in your career. Um, you know, I guess you could call it um, the, the spoiled child syndrome. It's not, again, I came out of this large law firm environment, so I'm not being critical of people, but, you know, it's the idea that you get paid a lot of money when you're very young um, and um, and you feel like you're very special, you know, and, and that's kind of how that works. And so um, this is just talking about, um, you know, the spoiled child syndrome and, and kind of how that works. Uh, um, but when a, a law firm pays an attorney more than they're worth, uh, the law firm is often doing that because it's trying to prove something to other firms that it's part of that, that group. Um, I have, um, you know, it's, it's funny. I, I deal with. Um, I, I was dealing with a law firm that was uh, trying to, you know, I don't know. They were trying, basically, trying to rip me off the other day, and um, and and they were bragging about how much they were paying uh, their associates, um, and it was that's it, it, a source of pride. And it was a small law firm in a small town. It wasn't, but um, but they were, um, you know, law firms are very proud when they uh, they pay people a lot of money. And, um, and they believe, you know, that they should, and they're very proud of it. And, you know, so it's, I, you know, I, I see lots of people get into these firms where they may make, you know, very large initial salaries. And then they expect, um, you know, once they, once they decide to leave or once the law firm uh, lets them go, um, or once they need decide they want to look for a job, that, that whatever they're getting paid is what they're worth in the market. And, and that becomes very, very difficult for them. So what happens is, uh, you know, the single largest reason, by the way, every day we get lots of interviews at BCG. Um, sometimes attorneys don't go on interviews uh, when we get them, even though they accept them and they, they don't get them because they don't go on interviews because uh, the firms aren't paying uh, as much as, as wherever they are. So they refuse to work a lot of times uh, for much less money than they might've been making in the large law firms. Uh, and then if they do accept the job, then they act like they you know don't need to work as hard as they are in a large law firm and, um, and, and they may not commit uh, to the next position or be kind of angry about the next position because it doesn't pay as much. And so what I'd like to encourage you to, to the way to think about this is if you're trying to get a position in a in a firm and you're you've left a large law firm or you're leaving a large law firm and you think you're worth a certain amount you may be but just remember that a lot of these salaries are artificially high and you're really the most important thing you can do is to have access to work on an ongoing basis and not just have access to work but uh, go to a place that that's safe and if a law firm's being propped up artificially economically by one practice area and so forth it, it may not uh, be safe that's all the time we have for this edition of the show. If you are an attorney looking for a change, head on to bcgsearch.com.